Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. Live to tape. Millennial Season 3, Episode 33. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And I'm Laura. We are live on Patreon today for one of our new benefits. We're going to be live streaming each episode as uh, we're recording. So <laughs> get prepared for <laughs> mistakes to occur. Yeah. Regrets to happen. We're going to fuck this up real bad, guys. Just Co- get ready. Content to be pulled. Yeah, but uh, 40 people are listening this evening, Ooh. so thanks for joining us. Angel was the first person to comment. Zach then followed up. Jacqueline, Katie, Kira, Vanessa, Anthony, Stephanie, Shane, Angela, Gabby, Katie, Stephanie, Sarah, everybody. So welcome. That's just everybody in the comments. Uh, Sarah pointing out that 33 divided by 3 equals 11. Thank Ooh, you. That's this is, what the fuck serious is now. happening. I don't care. Is this just a thing? Yeah, and it's even more of a thing now because it leaves you so tickled I now. Mean, I, I, I just don't get it. We're just spitting out random facts now. Like, 12 times 4. We are. Yeah. 48. Okay. Like, 33 divided by 3 equals 11 butt plugs for Elisa. Uh, it only takes It only takes one. <laughs> Elisa, um, so people are watching uh, via our live stream, and there's pictures of us popping up as each of us talks. Well, not me. My, I got the millennial icon. Actually, no. That's This is big news right now. That's what I look like. I am the M. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Elisa, everybody's very taken by your, as somebody called it here, as Shane called it, your glam shot. <laughs> um, I rarely ever look quite that good. That's a picture of me... At one of my friend's weddings, I was uh, her maid of honor, and so I had to get all dolled up and shit. So that's, you know, that's not how I normally look. Oh, no, I think that's how you normally look. She wakes up looking that way. Can confirm. (sighs) I bet. um, Yeah, tell us about that. So Lauren and Elisa, you two were hanging out in Atlanta this past weekend? Yeah, Elisa and Brian came and visited us, and... Got to see my house and meet my dog and meet my boyfriend. Um, the order of importance was pretty evident there. Um, yeah. House, dog, boyfriend. House, dog, boyfriend. Yes. Uh, we had a really good time. We mainly got drunk. Did we do anything else? I don't think so. I think we just we just got drunk. Andrew put in the show notes, don't say that you did each other. When I ask, what did you do? Don't say each other. But um, that's what we did. But we did. We did. <laughs> no, it's funny because I have this uh, back roller thing that's like to help relax muscles in your back. And I was trying to teach Elisa how to use it. 
uh, cause it takes some training to like get your butt off the floor and like have your back on this thing by itself. So we were in my bedroom and I'm showing her how to use it mainly cause she was wearing a dress and like didn't want to flash her cooch. So we go in there and like she falls down and is like cracking up laughing. I'm laughing. And later my boyfriend was like, yeah, I mean, you weren't really teaching her how to roll her back, were you? (laughs) (laughs) It was it was surprisingly difficult. Do not recommend. I still can't figure out how to use that thing. But um, apart from that. So Elisa. What? Did you like Mark? Laura's boyfriend? Um, you know, I had mixed feelings. No, I'm kidding. Of course, I liked him. <laughs> I liked him I, a lot. I was about to break up with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I liked him a was lot. There... He was, he was like, I don't know. Like, he's, he's exactly the kind of dude that I could see being with Laura. He was very easy to talk to, really chill, great sense of humor, like, really not super PC sense of humor, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, and I think, I think we got along very well. Although as much as I liked him, I think my boyfriend loved him in a sexual way. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, oh. as soon as we left, actually, as soon as we left, we get to the airport, Laura and her boyfriend drop us off. Uh, they pull away and my boyfriend looks at me and just says, I miss Mark. <laughs> Been five seconds. And you were like, and I miss Laura. (laughs) Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? I was like, bitch. Fucking miss you too, man. No, it's funny. As soon as we drove away, Mark like heaved a sigh and he was like, "Ah, you know, Brian's a swell guy. (laughs) I was like, swell? I'm sorry. Are we in Leave It to Beaver? Calling people swell now? I'm kind of picturing a moment occurring where, since Lauren and Lisa love each other very much, they joke about how they're married, and they basically are. I'm just picturing this moment where, like, Elisa ushers Laura down the aisle and hands her off to Mark, and, like, it's this big moment, a passing of the torch as the two best friends, one boyfriend, finally meets. Yeah. Does it feel over now, Elisa? Does it feel over now? No, no, no. Your relationship let, let with Laura. Let me be very clear about something. I will never give Laura away to anyone else. At If, if she ever <laughs> gets so married, beautiful. I'll be the person in the back standing up to to file a complaint. I disagree with this. I don't... I, I think this is a bad union. I don't support it. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you yell it at, at the church, right? I, I object! I mean, at... I don't think Laura's going to get married at a church. I mean, maybe I'd yell it at, I don't know, Hell the Satanist. No. The Satanist conducting the ceremony. But yeah, I'd yell it. I'm not letting, <laughs> no, she's not going anywhere. Okay. Okay. Stephanie's wondering, uh, by back roller, do you mean vibrator? Is yes. It a vibrator. Okay. That's, that's a hard yes. Okay, good. Well, Sounds like you had a good time, both of you. While while you guys were down in Atlanta, I was further south in Florida at MuggleNet Live, and Why it was a a lot of fun. And I want to bring it up because I met several millennial listeners. It was really nice meeting some of the listeners. It's always good to uh, get some FaceTime with them because when we do a podcast, it's it it's not interactive per se. It's kind of a one way conversation. So actually meeting them. 
and looking them into the eye and, and knowing what they know about us, thanks to the show, it's it's very moving for me. By moving, I mean I cry. You know so much about me. How can you even look at me right now? <laughs> so last week, we introduced new Patreon benefits, and I wanted to remind everyone about them again briefly. Um, several new benefits at every level. First, at the $2 Friends with Benefits level, we have the new Palace Intrigue benefit, and that's where a couple times a month, Elisa will be making some posts about our past and present. Then at the $5 level, OTP, one true pairing level, uh, we've got We'll Do It Live, which is what we're doing right now. Uh, you can listen to us stream live, or you can listen back to it later if you can't catch the live stream, so you can get the episode earlier than normal. And then Laura and I are starting a little video show, The Landy Show, and that'll be starting a little later this month. Finally, at the $10 Facebook official level, we will our 2017 physical benefit will be those handwritten letters from one of the four hosts. So lots of benefits. Patreon.com slash millennial. We took your feedback into account when we did a survey a few months ago. And we hope everybody's new happy uh, <laughs> that everybody's happy with them. Mm-hmm. And speaking of benefits, right now we are going to jump into surprise bitch. Surprise bitch, it's yeah. all of you. <laughs> I was going to ask whoever we surprised bitched whether or not they were on the path of uh, Hurricane Irma, but I guess we can't ask that to however many people. So what would you guys do if you were in the path of a hurricane? Would you try to evacuate? Would you stay put? Um, And be honest about this, because I, I I know that the popular thing to say is that you would evacuate, but not everyone would. So be honest. Um. That's it. We're talking more about that later on in the show, too, so we can circle around to your guys' answers once we get to that point. Oh, wow. Should we We've got share some, our uh, answers? Comments here. Uh, yes. Chef Ali says, this bitch wants to be surprised. Anthony says, not the same with a sad face. And then Yeshi says, damn, I really am surprised. <laughs> I read I read a lot of sarcasm in <laughs> Yeshi's comment. Um, Anthony, to answer Elise's question, is saying, see how far I can get on JetBlue for $99. That's referring to their announcement yesterday that they are capping their flight prices out of Florida at $99 to help people get out, which I think is a great idea. And I'm with Anthony. I would fly from, I'd probably go Florida to Seattle. Mm Mm-hmm. Or Portland, like somewhere in the northwest, nice and far, so you get your money's worth, and it's a it's a beautiful area. I'm not going to Portland. That shit's on fire. Well, bring the hurricane with you, and Put you it guys out. can extinguish it. Right. <laughs> uh, Jewel says, "I was in Orlando until yesterday. Most of the people I know are evacuating. I was flying out of the state anyway, but there is a lot of fear among my Orlando friends, with good reason." Yeah. Yeah. My grandparents are in Central Florida, and we've spent the last two or three days trying to convince them to evacuate, and they didn't make the call to leave until late this afternoon, so they're going tomorrow morning. So we'll see. We'll see what that clusterfuck on the highway is like. But now it looks like it's heading towards you, too, Laura. So are you evacuating? 
Well, no. By the time it gets to Atlanta, it's going to be a tropical storm or depression, uh, which is not worth evacuating. That's something you go out and you buy some beer and you hold up in your house and just watch Netflix. Hope the power doesn't go out. I had a friend, a, a gay friend who who lives in Florida in Winter Park. He told me the other day him and his boyfriend are just going to have a lot of sex during the hurricane. I'm like, damn, I'm jealous. Wish a hurricane was coming to Chicago so I could get in on that. Uh, CLED says evacuate as long as I can take my dogs. Angel says I would evacuate with my cats. My friend was mad at his dad for not evacuating his mom out of Florida. He was on a business trip. So he called around to every single ticketing agency until he got a ticket for her. Hurricanes are no joke. Shane says he would definitely GTFO at first notice. And uh, Shane's also pointing out he was in Atlanta, Laura, during Hurricane Katrina Mm -hmm. and only got light rain. Yeah, it's usually usually not bad. Hurricane Ike uh, gave us some really bad storms up here a few years ago, but usually okay. Yeah, there you go. So should we ask another one of these questions or move yeah, on? Yeah. Do you guys want do you guys want us to talk about anything in particular? We wanted to give you a moment to bring up like a story that you might want to hear us talk about, or if you have a personal question before we dig into like the actual news that we have planned to discuss. Yeah, we'll talk about Irma a little bit more because yeah. I want to particularly touch on natural disasters and climate change and those fun topics. Vitaly says, I wonder how many hurricane babies are going to be born in nine months because Harvey and Irma. Mm. That would be cool to tell your kid one day, like, yo, you're a hurricane baby. Oh, and also, uh, apparently you pronounce someone's name wrong. It's pronounced Kaylee. Yes, I saw. Why are you reading that because one? Because I wanted to. Uh, <laughs> I What was it that you said? Keledic or something like that? Sealy D. That's your new rap name. Sealy D. <laughs> it's pronounced Kaylee, though, apparently. That doesn't look like Kaylee at all, though. I, ca- I get it. I can see it. Okay. Uh, Zach asks How do you guess best recommend to pop one's pussy? How do you guess best recommend? I don't know what Zach is asking. How do you guys best recommend to pop one's pussy? Uh, well, I believe a, big old uh, dick in there. a philosopher and a scholar uh, known as Lil John recommends popping it on a pole. <laughs> but apart from that, I don't have any other advice. <laughs> Elisa, Genevieve, and Kara are demanding your haunted house video. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do have to get that out. I have it. It's just a matter of, it was absolutely humongous. The file was huge. So I either have to like pare it down or upload it in three pieces or something. But yeah, I know I promised that to you guys. I'll make sure I get it up. Maybe that can be part of Palace okay. Intrigue. That'll be one of the the <laughs> things that I post up this month. Um, We will return to normal surprise bitch <laughs> in the future. <laughs> We're, 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 um, talking to one another over Google Hangouts to do this live stream today. So things are a little different uh, with this episode, but we will figure it out next week. Let's talk a little bit of news and people listening live. Feel free to jump in with questions at any point and we will, um, answer them throughout the show. 
Um, Anthony is asking, what about Andrew's 21st birthday stripper video? Oh, yeah. We have that somewhere. I don't think we... Does anyone actually have it? I mean, it may be somewhere, but it'd take a lot of work to find. I remember seeing it somewhere. I don't mind putting in the work to find that video. Enough time has passed where I feel like I am comfortable with that being released, so we can release Mm. that. (laughs) That's fine. I wasn't asking your permission, but thanks. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. By the way, shout out to Shafali for providing that sweet... uh, guide on how to pronounce your name correctly i was terrified that i was going to say it wrong and feel like an asshole now i feel better i would have definitely gotten it wrong so so let's talk yeah i was just going to say that shane said that he saw it yesterday and that it was pretty good are you guys planning on seeing that I'm actually seeing that tomorrow, actually. I am Me too. Super stoked for this. I know. I can't wait. Did you guys read the book? Yes. No, I didn't. Wow. It's a long book. It is a long it? book, but it's really good. Uh, I'm really curious to see it because uh, the, the mini series I thought that they did back in the day was like pretty good. Like in terms of the kids parts, the adult actors were terrible. Uh, and they kind of ruined the ending, so I'm excited to see what they do with this one. Yeah, um, I am not really into scary movies, so I will not be watching mm. it. But it's been doing well already, box office-wise. It's been making a ton of money. And um, not my type of thing. And really long books are not my type of thing either. Mm. So You have that in common with most Americans. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to some news. I wanted to start with this story. I don't think it's necessarily a surprise, but I think it's important to note. A Russian firm tied to pro-Kremlin propaganda advertised on Facebook during the election. We also found out that there was ads going on Twitter as well. Facebook revealed earlier this week that about $100,000 in advertising was spent by some Russians. We don't know if it was directly, if it was directly coming from the Kremlin, but we do know that Russians were making these Facebook ads that didn't specifically, um, well, actually, they did specifically name Trump and Hillary, but they largely, quote, appeared to focus on amplifying divisive social and political messages across the ideological spectrum touching on topics from LGBT matters to race issues to immigration to gun rights. So I always think back to Elisa's comments a few months ago when she was like, the sky is blue, water is wet, and Russia hacked the election, influenced the election. I feel like this is tangible evidence of them actually meddling in our election that the general public can understand. Facebook ads coming from Russia commenting on the election to try to push it one way or the other yeah well this goes right along with what we've discovered about them having run a propaganda campaign uh in particular against hillary clinton that said uh news broke several weeks ago at this point that they discovered a number of facebook accounts associated with third-party candidates including bernie sanders 
um, were actually being run by various and assorted uh, Russian backers and posting inflammatory things to get people arguing on Facebook. Um, I want to be clear there and say, like, I don't think that that happened, like, with the endorsement of any of these candidates. I think that these particular Russians just hijacked their message to sort of get their their shit out on Facebook, but it's definitely a thing that happened. I spent $27 <laughs> exactly on a Facebook ad. It's a lot for a Facebook ad. I can ad. only... Yeah. I mean, not really. That would probably reach like a thousand people. So it's a lot for, for a whole lot of nothing. Wow, Andrew. A thousand people. That's, that's a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> not to move it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another story here, a little bit of entertainment news. And I wanted to bring this up because we spoke about Star Wars a few weeks ago. Star Wars 9 has now lost its director, Colin Trevorrow. He was the director of Jurassic World. This comes after a scriptwriter, Cursed Child's Jack Thorne, was hired to punch up the script. And that, that was a story that we had recently spoken about. Um, and this also comes after Lucasfilm fired the Han Solo directors. So it's like, what the hell, Lucasfilm? They appear to not want to give these directors any creative control lucasfilm wants it their way or the highway it seems like and it's pretty yeah. embarrassing yeah it is i don't even I mean, follow this stuff that closely and i feel like these movies are getting ready to be a shit show yeah makes me nervous for what uh episode eight well i do have faith store. it'll it'll be fine um, cause, cause Rogue One was in deep trouble and then they did a hell of a lot of reshoots and they fixed it and it ended up being a great movie. Um, now hopefully that is what ends up happening with Han Solo. Star Wars Episode Nine is still very early, so no real mistakes have been made yet other than this embarrassing hiring and then firing. Um, but it also comes on the heels of Colin Trevorrow's most recent movie. It's a smaller movie called The Book of Henry and it was terrible. And after that, after the reviews had come out, people started wondering, shit, does this spell bad news for, for Star Wars Episode Nine? This is before we got used to Star Wars firing directors. <laughs> so we didn't <laughs> think that was possible. Um, and in fact, on Hypable, our, our, our movie guy, who's, who's brilliant, he had written about this, why the Book of Henry spelled trouble for Trevor's Star Wars film, because he saw Book of Henry and then he laid out why the problems with Book of Henry um, are could be problems in Star Wars 9. So um, a lot of people kind of saw this coming. And it'll be interesting to see who is selected as director. There are rumors from the Hollywood trades that Rian Johnson, who is directing Last Jedi, which Lucasfilm is reportedly very happy with. That's the one that comes out later this year. And J.J. Abrams, who directed The Force Awakens and, of course, Star Trek, he... Both of those two guys are rumored to be directing episode nine, which I think would be good because obviously they've passed the sniff test with Lucasfilm and it'd be cool to see one of them wrap up this trilogy. So that's that. What's going on in Trump world this week? Oh, for fuck's sakes. So this is an update on a story we talked about last week. Um, on Thursday, President Trump 
ordered an end to the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program, or DACA, um, which kind of spent or <laughs> really sent 800,000 people um, into a tailspin of panic, of course, because these are people who were brought to the United States as children, um, had no part in deciding they were going to come here. And if this program does indeed go away, these people are possibly facing deportation to countries that many of them have never known, uh, where languages are spoken that many of them may not speak. Uh, so when Trump announced that this was being repealed, he basically threw it back to Congress, saying that DACA is going to be phased out in six months. Um, they'll no longer be accepting future applicants. Um, however, they will allow people to extend their current status if they're already covered under the program. But what ultimately he's kind of putting in in Congress's court is to say, pass an immigration reform bill and make sure that it covers these 800,000 people who are covered under DACA currently which is all well and good. I'm in favor of immigration reform being passed in Congress, but they've been trying and failing to do this since the early 2000s. And given the fact that this is a Republican-controlled Congress that could not pass an Obamacare repeal, I don't really have much faith that they're going to be able to get their shit together for this either. And the real fucked up part here is that you're leaving nearly a million young people very vulnerable. I just don't quite understand um i just don't understand why of of all you know immigrants are not a monolith there's there's so many from different backgrounds different countries why and there's a there and there's so many policies that, that he could be implementing that might arguably be valid <laughs> or not amoral why target the one group that even people from even 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 many Republicans, folks on both sides of the aisle agree, did nothing wrong here? I think if anyone can agree on one thing, it's that children should not be held at fault for whatever it is that their parents do. And we can have a debate over whether or not, you know, the parents should or shouldn't have brought them here. But that's not that's not what DACA is about. It's about saying that that the children had nothing to do with it. And I don't understand why of all the different demographics of of immigrants that you could attack, why go after the most innocent? Like this is this should this is common sense to me and to most other folks I think that that they shouldn't be punished here. I don't get it. I really really I really can't understand. The only argument I've heard um is that that they don't want to incentivize more illegal immigration by by saying you know hey if you bring your children here they at least will always be safe they don't want to incentivize that that's the only argument i've heard that that makes any sense to me i, I completely disagree with it but at least it's an argument um isn't it also that he promised on the campaign trail uh -huh. that he would get rid of DACA? So now he's like, well, do I appease my supporters who I might be losing because of all this other crap? I mean, going yeah, down? that's true. But, the, you know, 
I just feel like he picks and chooses what which campaign promises he's going to uphold. And listen, I realize in fairness that every political figure, every elected official does that. Every president has has cherry-picked which promises they're going to keep and which ones they won't. That's not unique to Trump. But what is unique to Trump, I think, is just how capriciously he makes that decision. None of it seems based in, in logic or tact or strategy. It's just he wakes up one morning and this is what I'll do and this is what I won't do. He reverses his he reverses his decisions. He changes his mind. And it, I don't understand why this has to be the one thing he follows through on. He hasn't followed he hasn't followed through on shit else. I mean, he also said that Mexico was going to pay for the wall and he has clearly given up on that. So I, I I don't understand why why this is what he's he's latched himself onto. The only thing I can think of is um I don't know, maybe maybe Jeff Sessions. I know that, that Sessions is the one who sort of made the announcement. So maybe this is something that he was convinced was the right thing to do by his cabinet and other people in his administration. I think that this was the easiest way for Trump to have a quote win and stick it to Obama because DACA was put into place via an executive order by Obama and his entire Trump's entire administration is riding on this idea of dismantling everything that Obama ever did. And let's be clear about something. DACA is a band-aid. It's a band-aid because Congress wouldn't pass immigration reform while Obama was in office. That's why he did this. He came up with a plan to protect these young people who were here, who were brought here against their will, because Congress wouldn't do anything to address the overarching problem that we have in the country about how to fix our broken immigration system. So yeah, Congress, give us a bill. It seems like there's more support for DACA now in Congress, doesn't there seem to be? Well, yeah. I mean, I think most Republicans are coming out and saying, this is real fucked up. real fucked up. But see, they don't like it because they're being forced into a corner and being told, okay, give us a bill, guys. And they don't want to do that either. Yeah. Because that's not politically convenient for them right now. We've got midterms coming up and they don't want to be, you know, supporting an unpopular progressive immigration uh, piece of legislation, which is ultimately what's going to have to happen. You know, Joe Biden made a comment a few weeks ago that he felt as though right now we are living through a battle for the soul of this country. And that really resonated with me most of all when I found out about, I found out about Trump reversing DACA. That to me, that to me feels like it's a battle for the soul of this country and our moral compass. Mm -hmm. And um, I've never in my life missed Obama more than when he posted his statement to Facebook. I don't know if you guys saw that, but Mm -hmm. he had an an incredibly eloquent, measured, diplomatic response to this. And the response itself is worth reading substantively. But the important thing here is that he responded at all because president Obama has really stayed out of the fray for the most part, like most presidents do after they leave office. They sort of just scuttle into private citizenry and, you know, they only come out of the woodwork for really huge, big, important things. 
he came out for this. He came out of the woodwork for this. And I think that that should, that should tell you how, just how important it is. Um, and just how egregiously this would mess up 800,000 people's lives. Um, I, I was, I was happy and proud of him that, that he spoke up like that for something like this. Mm -hmm. It's very, very refreshing these days to see some comments from him when Trump speaks like a third grader and Obama speaks much more eloquently. I know. Every it, time it, Obama speaks, I'm just like, dad, I know. Come I home. Really, he really does feel like a dad to me. And I don't know what to make of that. Because <laughs> normally I'm into daddies when it's involving sex. Mm. Not in like a platonic yeah. way. Why not both? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not attracted to Obama personally. A little what? too old for me. Are really? you kidding me? He's a good-looking guy, to be sure, but I'm not sexually attracted to <laughs> You're Obama. You're no. wrong, but that's okay. You two are, have, <laughs> have you ever touched yourself to Obama? <laughs> what? I, yes. I don't think there's been a time the past eight and a half years I haven't <laughs> touched myself. <laughs> Every time I do, it's to Obama. <laughs> I can definitely picture you two getting off to the thought of the president of the United States banging me hard. It's not even that. It's not that he's the president. It's I mean, it's a, that he's no? he's Obama. A little bit that it's a, a little bit, bit that. that. It's like <laughs> come on. It's like eighty percent that it's Obama, but like twenty percent. I mean, it's it's a little bit. The most powerful man in the world. He might have to stop banging you mid-session because he has to go launch some can nuclear weapons towards can North Korea. Can I tell Korea. you something awful? Actually, I, I, this is this was years ago, but I actually did legitimately find myself one day fantasizing about Obama. <laughs> and the one thing, and the one thing, like snapped me out of it before shit got like too real. Uh, was going no, but but I've, I just I really like Michelle. I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Even in like my fantasy head, I was like, "Oh, this isn't right." I shut it down. <laughs> uh, Shafali says they should make a dildo bomber. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. I would buy it. Anyway, getting back to uh, DACA, there was a good report on the New York Times earlier this week. It's and about Trump's thinking on all this. And it seems like he just didn't know what to do about it. So he punted the Congress because he had people coming at him from both sides and he doesn't know the issue well enough to make a, a good choice himself. I think if he didn't so he know what to do him. about it, he could have just let sleeping dogs lie and not touched it. He could have, he could have just, he could, yeah. he could just let it go. I mean, he's only, what, seven months? Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's like eight months, nine months into his presidency. Um, that's not that far long. It's not like if he doesn't do it this week that he wouldn't have three and a half more years of opportunity. Um, so I I feel like this was a conscious decision, and he should, he should absolutely be held accountable. I do agree that he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, and I do agree that other people probably had a lot of influence on this decision. Uh, but if, if he was ambivalent, he could have just sort of walked away and punted it, you know, and been like, eh, I'll deal with that later. But he didn't. He did it now. So, fuck him. Let's talk Hurricane Irma. Yeah. 
Uh, so while Trump was really busy fucking up 800,000 people's lives, uh, the country was on fire and the southern portion of the country was being pummeled by hurricanes. So Irma is on her way to Florida. She's a Category 5 with maximum sustained winds of 185 miles per hour. For all you Floridians out there, this is worse than Hurricane Andrew. That's a hurricane that will live in infamy in Florida's history. Irma is way worse. Um, looks like she's going to tear directly up the state and into Georgia and South Carolina. Uh, just to get across how bad this is, uh, Barbuda uh, is a Caribbean island that was hit particularly hard. 90% of its structures were destroyed. Wow. This was, like, shocking to me to hear. Like, yeah, 90% of this island is just gone. Yeah. It's just gone. Uh, when the hurricane went over, it went directly over it. Uh, they weren't able to get in touch with anyone on the island for, like, eight hours. It's like a solid number of hours where nobody knew if anyone on the island was even alive. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. The idea of what's going on over there. It skirted along uh, Puerto Rico's coast. A million Puerto Ricans don't have electricity right now, and 17% of the island does not have access to safe water. So... These are the things I kind of wanted to focus on here, because the thing that people never think about with natural disasters is the aftermath. Look at what they're dealing with in Barbuda and in Puerto Rico right now. A lack of structure, a lack of water, a lack of, of electricity. So what happens when you decide to stay and ride out a hurricane and you survive it, but then you're like trapped in your house due to flooding or you don't have clean water, you don't have power, you're living in South Florida, you don't have fucking air conditioning in August or September now. Um, so what do we think about this? I think we got, didn't we actually get an email from a listener talking about reasons for not leaving? Yeah. So we had several emails actually. And um, the first person who emailed in was Emily and she wrote, thanks for the wonderful discussions about hurricanes. I am from Austin and I wanted to add uh, my perspective to why people don't evacuate. Uh, evacuating isn't necessarily safer than staying home. When a city like Houston, greater area population, over 6 million people, all tries to leave at once, people are trapped on highways for days in terrible heat. I mean, it's August in Texas. Air conditioned off to save gas because cars are running out of gas, suffering heat strokes and traffic accidents, etc. In 2005, Houston ordered an evacuation for Hurricane Rita just after Katrina hit. Dozens of people died on the highway trying to evacuate. More have died in Harvey, or I'm sorry, more people died then than have died from Hurricane Harvey. Rita turned out to be not nearly as bad as everyone expected, and the memory of that evacuation crisis is a big part of why Houston didn't order an evacuation for Harvey this time. Also, this time around, Houston's highways flooded so quickly that people trapped on the roads likely would have drowned. Finally, it, if everyone evacuated, it slows down the escape for other towns that may be more vulnerable and need to evacuate most. Despite efforts like turning all lanes into, two, into two-way highways in the same direction, you just can't evacuate Houston with, with that population size fast enough to be safe. 
Anyway, I just wanted to point it out there that there's a lot of factors to consider beyond wanting to protect your house or not having a car to get out. Even for people who could normally leave and stay with their family, no problem. The hurricane makes, makes escaping potentially deadlier than the hurricane itself. And we had a lot of other people write in too and say sort of the same thing. Apparently, apparently that evacuation, um, from Hurricane Rita, uh, just was awful. And uh, more people died evacuating than, than from the hurricane, which is insane. So, um, I didn't even consider that because it, I've never really lived through a hurricane of that magnitude before, but it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it does. This just makes me question why we don't have federal or federal, better federal oversight over things like this. Why do we not have hurricane shelters in these places? Why don't we send buses in to bus people the fuck out? Why don't we set hard deadlines to be like, listen, if you want to take your car and all your shit and leave, you need to do it by this date. And if you don't do it by this date, you're getting on a bus and you're going out. I think part of the problem is the sheer numbers. Like making making hurricane shelters, you can't make enough to cover millions of people. No, um, you can't make enough to cover millions of people, but you can make enough to cover vulnerable populations like the homeless and the elderly that can't be moved yeah. as easily. And as for the evacuations, I think the problem with Houston is that the storm kind of came together quickly. There wasn't much warning. So a lot of people were still around and and uh, they didn't have enough time to decide whether or not they should make people evacuate. But still, I do think it's the number thing that is a major issue when these evacuation, when considering city, countywide evacuations. And I, I personally, I, I, I feel like some people don't evacuate because they kind of can't imagine something really bad happening to their house like oh no way the water's gonna get this high no way it's gonna affect me because it just kind of seems surreal maybe i'm wrong about that because i don't live in the south and i don't really ever i've never had to worry about something like this but i get, I, I i just have to circle back to this point about how there's no excuse for this to happen i mean of course anytime a deadly storm like this comes in there's going to be death and destruction to a certain degree that is inevitable. But the really nice thing about hurricanes is you know they're coming. They're not like tornadoes. They don't spring out of thin air in 15 minutes. You have days worth of notice. And I do not understand why our federal emergency response is not better and more prepared and organized with dealing with stuff like this. There's no reason not to have evacuation deadlines. There's no reason not to reverse the highways and send buses in to get people out. Yeah. More warning. More, I don't know. I don't know. We need better governors. Well, I mean, the only reason that Irma is a big deal right now is because Texas just happened. If Texas yeah. hadn't just happened and we weren't watching them deal with the fallout of that, I promise you we would be getting ready for another shit show in Florida. Florida actually has started to evacuate a bunch of people. And what I find mm -hmm. uh, interesting um, about their process is that they have, and I, I'm sure other other states and municipalities do this as well, but 
uh, down in like South Florida, they actually like divide uh, cities up by zones. And so they say, all right, these zones one, two, and three only evacuate now. Zones four, five, six, get ready to evacuate tomorrow. And that's one way that they address the population issue is that they sort of break it up over the course of many days and they get only small chunks of people out at a time. Uh, and still not everyone listens, but at least you don't have a mass exodus. It sounds to me like that's part of the problem, that if you have six million or more people trying to leave all at the same time, yeah, I can see how that's super dangerous. Um but I, I don't know. Florida is evacuating, for what it's worth. Um, a bunch of universities down there, including University of Miami, University, State University, um, for the first time, actually, in their history, or for a hurricane, at least, are evacuating their students. Um, that's a pretty big deal. Shane points out, hurricane prep requires money. Republicans, especially teabaggers, won't pay for that, like when they wouldn't approve money after Sandy. Yeah, that's that's been brought up recently as yeah. these votes go down for helping Houston and others. And, and Jewel forward. points out, even when there is a lot of warning, like with Irma, it's hard to make a decision far in advance because more often than not, it ends up being nothing or changing course. This is yeah, something that too. I've actually been dealing with with my grandparents. Um, they seemed fairly convinced that the hurricane was going to change course. So they delayed uh, evacuating. And now that it's very clear that it's not, or not likely to, they're getting ready to like get up and leave and come up to Atlanta tomorrow morning. Um, so I'm really glad they're going to get out of there. But it's also one of those things where I was like, I take the chance. I mean, it's one thing if it's a cat one, right? Like if it's a small hurricane, but a cat five, I'm not going to mess with that. John is asking if myself or Elisa fantasizes about Irma. What? The answer is yes. I <laughs> want her to plow me with all she's got with those gusts up to 220 miles per hour. I knew you liked it rough. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I, I kind of want to say about hurricanes or talk about hurricanes rather, uh, there's been a lot of backlash lately. Uh, over the way that the hurricanes are covered. I don't know if you guys saw this, but when Harvey hit Houston, CNN was on the ground and they were at shelters interviewing folks as they were coming in. Uh, and one lady sort of screamed at the interviewer and was like, how do you think I'm feeling? I just lost everything. My children are sitting here soaking wet and freezing. We have nothing to eat. Like we have no home to go to. How do you think I'm feeling? And she was cursing and it was live and it was kind of, it was both, it was equal parts sad and tragic and hysterical. Um, and, and that sort of initiated this, this nationwide debate about whether or not the way we cover national tragedies in general, but hurricanes specifically is too voyeuristic and maybe exploitative because they definitely get up close in people's faces on the heels of losing everything that they have. And I can see why someone like that would lash out and be very emotional. Um, on the other hand, of course, there's, there's the argument to be made that like, well, how else do you cover a tragedy except by talking to the victims? If you don't speak with the victims, then aren't you also doing them a disservice? 
by not telling their story. And furthermore, if we're going to try and get people to donate and to care about these folks, there is no other way other than showing them at their most vulnerable and, and, and eliciting empathy in that way. No one's going to call to donate their money, um, just by reading some lines in the paper about st- statistics and numbers and X number of people lost their houses. You have to see them. They have to be real. So I was just curious where, where you guys came down on this debate, where you think, are, is it too much or is it understandable that they go in and interview victims? I think that's a good point you bring up that you need to see these people who are suffering to be motivated to donate. But at the same time, I think the simple answer is ask permission before you stick a camera and microphone in front of somebody's face, no matter where you are, because clearly they're going through a hard time. Now, on the flip side of that, the media have a rough job because they're being pushed by their producers to, you know, get some tearful interviews because that that makes good television. So they have to walk a careful line. It's also like when you see somebody break some news on Twitter. Like, say you're out on the street and you see, God forbid, a plane go, go down right in front of you. Or, or you're on a plane that, that, that crashes, that, I don't know, spins off the runway or something. You'll always see these reporters in the at replies of these people who were on the plane sharing photos. You'll see reporters reply to them and be like, oh, I hope you're okay. Do I have permission to post this on NBC? And they all, they all, I guess you have to ask for permission before reproducing these photos that some random guy on Twitter takes. But it's like they just they fake empathy before getting down to business. And I think that's what's happening during these interviews, too. Um, and speaking of hurricane coverage, what also annoys me is when they put the reporters outside in the storm when their winds are blowing insanely fast and they have to like hold on to poles to avoid being blown away. That is stupid. And it only, it only encourages other people to go outside. So it's a spectacle all of this hurricane coverage is unfortunately a spectacle I, i'll yeah. admit it i was thinking earlier today oh i'll have something to watch this weekend oh my referring God. to her, hurricane irma coming in i think Sorry. a good rule of thumb to follow is if somebody appears to be distressed maybe leave them the fuck alone like i was watching coverage where a reporter literally goes up to three women who are like wading through knee deep waters, one of them on crutches and the other two trying to support her and just starts asking them questions, like trying to talk to them. And they're too polite to tell them to fuck off. And it actually took one of the anchors back at the station being like, I think you should just let these women go for him to like, leave them alone. And I don't know why reporters don't realize that. Is it being caught in the moment? They're just caught up in the moment. They yeah. don't realize what they're doing. Dumb shits. Anyway, to anybody down in Florida or in the path of Irma, be safe. If you subscribe to us on Patreon, please make sure your credit card remains active. Even if you die, we would appreciate that. Oh, my God. <laughs> but wow. Just yeah, make preparations. Make preparations. I thought that's all I'm saying. Jesus Okay. Oh, oh, sorry. And God. Don't and don't don't leave pets behind. That's a pet peeve. Of, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> get it? Yeah, I just did a thing there. Don't leave your pets behind. I don't get. Like, I don't get the pun. What? A, what? A... That's just never mind. <laughs> just, I hate you. <laughs> I really don't get it. 
Pet peeve? I'm talking about don't don't oh, leave your pets behind. Oh, pet that's peeve. That's a pet peeve of mine. Pet. Okay. Yeah. Although, although that's 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 understating it quite a lot. I fucking hate you if you do that. That's really what I. That's really what I think. Yeah, it's like if, dogs in a hot car. If you're gonna, if you're going to have a pet of any kind, like be prepared that they have to be part of whatever you plan to do, whether it's staying or going. Like. Don't, like, be fucking responsible. Be a goddamn adult. Don't just leave them there. Yeah, and don't fucking tie them to a tree or, like, a guardrail and some shit. I saw some pictures of that last week. People who tied their animals up and left them. Nah. Yeah, I will literally hunt you down and cut you. I will, if, God forbid, I'm ever in, like, an earthquake or, you know, some, some tragedy like that and I need to get out. I'm grabbing my signed Bruce Springsteen book, um, my laptop, and then if I have a little extra room in my hand, I'll grab Brooklyn. Bring him out with me. I'm gonna fucking kill you. You know that I'll put a, like a plastic bag over your head and drown you, right? Uh, as long as I'm holding my signed Bruce Springsteen book when I die, that's that's okay. Okay, deal. <laughs> Let's play Google that shit. It's been a while since we've Googled that shit. It has. I've got a few uh, prompts here ready for you guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you excited? I'm pretty excited I about am. these. I worked very hard on them. Are they hurricane themed? <laughs> Do what? Are they hurricane themed? <laughs> no, they're not. They're they're random. Okay. Okay. The first one is why is Trump's blank? Finish the question. Why are Trump's hands so small? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, why are Trump's hands so big? Remember, the thing is, why is Trump's? Okay. Oh. Why mm-hmm. is Trump's? Why, why is... is Trump's penis so small? Mm. <laughs> Very nice. Why is Trump's ego so big? All right. You're both wrong. The answer is, why is Trump's handshake so weird? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. So yeah. for all the folks playing at home, this is basically, you just go and type in the first three words of a question and see what the first suggestion Google gives you is. And that was that was mine. Why is Trump's handshake and, so weird? And it All was, right. It's an, the next one. It's an, Why is my vaginal canal <laughs> so large? <laughs> what? Why is my vaginal, complete the thought, cavity full of cum? <laughs> <laughs> Cream pie. Uh, Canal so large. Okay. Why is my vaginal discharge yellow? Okay. Uh, Elisa, you were very close, actually. The answer is, why is my vaginal discharge brown? Oh. (laughs) 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 All right, y'all ready for the next one? Yeah, but real quick, Anthony had a good one for why is Trump's? Why is Trump's daughter so hot? (laughs) Courtney said, why is Trump's skin orange? That's a good, (laughs) that's a great one. That That is is a good one. Why does Trump think his daughter is so hot? Right. (laughs) All right, I'm ready to hear your answers for the next one. It's going to be very interesting to see what you come up with. Why are black? (sighs) Wait. (laughs) People black. Why are black people black? Okay. 
I, you know what? That's actually probably one of them. I guarantee you some fucking idiot has <laughs> Googled that before. It's definitely not in my search history. Why are black... Uh... Why are black cocks larger? <laughs> yeah. Let's go with that. Okay, the answer was actually, Wait, oh, why oh. are black rhinos endangered? Uh, oh, don't know. <laughs> Fucking racist. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is, why can't I find... My clit. It's a very important question. <laughs> the NES classic. Nintendo Switch. Why can't I find the North Star? Okay. Love. Why can't I find love? Alright, Andrew, you were close. The answer is, why can't I find someone to love me? Yeah. It's my new homepage. I'm trying to find answers. (laughs) Andrew, don't cheat! I, it makes me sad, though, thinking about some poor person going to Google and typing in, why can't I find someone to love me? Yeah. Number one result is Tinder. Um, I mean, probably it's because you turn to Google for all of your deep philosophical <laughs> questions, and that's fucking weird. Mm. And no one wants to be a weirdo. Hey, speaking of Tinder, I have, a, I have an update on my Tinder life. Oh, really? I have upgraded to the latest tinder membership tinder gold it lets you see who is like to you before you swipe on them oh it's great so i can see everybody who likes me and yeah it's fun and i'm sad okay continue that's cool and the last one when will my mom love me (laughs) i was gonna say that too die <laughs> holy like, like an average shit. age like the average age thing <laughs> i mean you andrew know? when will my mom die was one of the results but it wasn't the top result <laughs> at least a guess one i don't know <laughs> when, will, when will my mom die when will my mom die already when will my mom Stop being such a bitch. When will my mom stop spanking me? When will my mom go through menopause? Hmm. Stephanie has a good one. When will my mom be proud of me? (laughs) Never. Ouch. Just never. The answer was, when will my mom come home? (laughs) Holy shit. I thought... (laughs) when will my mom die is bad that's worse <laughs> i know that's super worse i know i was and again much like the last one i was imagining some poor person typing in their computer when will my mom come home and that's, probably a kid right yeah, yeah. oh that's like some six-year-old who's like google i have nothing to eat when will my mom come home <laughs> why that's some sad shit why is my vaginal discharge brown Andrew, why is your vaginal discharge brown? (laughs) I don't know. I just asked Alexa, when will my mom come home? And she said, sorry, I'm not sure. She sounded heartfelt, too, so I think she was sympathizing. I think she meant it. I think so. 
Yeah. I would love to know the most like common things uh, the Echo gets asked. Besides, like, order this, order that. Aren't they recording all that data, actually? Yeah, we spoke about this a few months ago. Yeah, I, I, we can probably it, find out soon. <laughs> nah, I think that would uh, scare people off from using it. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, though. I don't care. So, um, that does it for this week's episode. Those listening live, we hope you enjoyed it. On After Dark today, we're going to talk about a couple of more stories. I want to speak about my experience with the Ticketmaster Verified Fan Program. This is a new thing they're doing to prevent scalpers from getting tickets. Uh, Bruce Springsteen is doing a Broadway run, and I, I um, did it with that. Taylor Swift is going to be selling tickets through there. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is going to be selling tickets through Verified Fan as well. And um, this will be a, an After Dark with Elisa and I. And I know Elisa loves rock and roll and concerts and all that so i thought this would be a good topic to discuss with her um and a far less exciting topic but um i'm gonna go ahead and say almost as important uh betsy devos rescinded uh protections title nine protections for campus sexual assault survivors so we're going to be talking about that that just happened today uh we'll discuss why the fuck even um, and what, if anything, we can do about it. So I think that's a worthwhile discussion coming up in After Dark, too. And then since Laura won't be on, she has to prepare for a work thing tomorrow, we're going to do a Laura guessing game where Elisa and I ask each other questions and we have to say how Laura would answer in our best Laura voices. Oh, I'm so excited to hear this. You guys are going to answer in Spanish, right? Uh, no. See. <laughs> speaking of uh talking crap on co-hosts i was hanging out with micah in orlando and uh that was a trip you two. Oh, i can't wait to hear more about oh, that oh how was the chair <laughs> yeah we'll talk about the chair i'm gonna make a note right now <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the chair right at the top i can't wait to hear about wait right. do they know the breastfeeding story because if they don't you're gonna have to tell it I don't, I don't think they do. No. no. Thank God. you, everybody, for listening. We'd love your support over at patreon.com slash millennial to get the After Dark benefit. Now, a minimum of 25 minutes per installment. Plus, you can listen live. You can uh, get a physical item from us every year and other benefits as well. Check them all out over at patreon.com slash millennial. I don't know about you guys, but I can't wait for September to be over. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And I'm Laura. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. 
Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today.